Hey there, welcome to the Marketing Happy Hour podcast, where each week we're learning career-defining advice, powerful social media strategies, unique creative tips, groundbreaking influencer marketing tactics, and more from marketing experts that represent some of the world's leading brands. Let's dive in. Grab a drink and join your hosts, Cassie and Erica, for this week's episode. Marketing Happy Hour listeners, we are so excited for you to hear this week's episode. Cassie's chatting with Becca Hildalgo, social media specialist at Hilton Grand Vacations. Becca shares her path from self-employment to a corporate workplace, her best interview tips to instill confidence, why she thinks a social media role in hospitality is especially unique, and how she's putting the social back in social media. Becca has such a great grasp on the social media landscape, and I cannot wait for you to tune in. Grab your favorite drink and listen in. Hey, Becca, how are you? I'm great, Cassie. How are you doing? I am doing so well. I'm so excited to hear about your story and chat about social media. You and I worked for the same company at one point, so very small world, um, but we'll get into that a little bit here in a minute. But before we jump in, I have a very important question that we ask all of our guests because the podcast is called Marketing Happy Hour. Becca, what is in your glass tonight? I am drinking a spicy marg. They are my favorite. I was kind of inspired to make something at home. So I was like, I'm in the mood for something frozen, something fruity. So spicy marg it is tonight. I'm excited. I love it. I thank you for being on theme. I appreciate it. (laughs) Um, I generally have a fun beverage. Uh, Right now, I just have water. I was actually recording. (laughs) I was actually recording Marketing Happy Hour uh, earlier today, and I had an Olipop, so something a little bit more fun. Um, But generally, I love a good glass of wine or a margarita or whatever I have on hand, too. So love it. That's awesome. So Becca, I'd love to hear a little bit about your background. Yes, of course. So I, I went to UCF and I changed my major a bunch of times. I really thought I wanted to go into film and I ended up in the social marketing realm, which is definitely not where I thought I'd end up. Um, but after that, uh, after from Orlando, I moved to Tampa and I didn't have a job lined up. I really just loved Tampa. And it was like, you know, an hour, hour and a half outside of Orlando, moved home for a month, kind of applied to a bunch of jobs. And like the first thing that someone offered me, I took it. So I moved to Tampa and I was a product photographer for a little bit, which is very obscure and definitely not what I wanted to do forever. Um, but from that, through that company, um, they offered me a marketing position and, you know, having general, very general knowledge of social media and marketing, I took it because I figured why not? I was like 21. It was a new beginning. I said, sure, why not? So I worked with that company for a few years and that kind of started my whole social media career journey. A lot of the stuff that I learned, I had to learn along the way, which was not ideal, but it definitely, you know, throwing myself into that was truly the best, you know, way to go because it taught me so much. So from there, um, I worked for Soho Juice Company. And then a little bit later, I worked for Brick Media and I worked with both of those companies um, at the same time. Um, But towards the end of 2021 is when I decided to move corporate, which we'll talk about a little bit later and why I made that jump. Um, But I applied to a bunch of jobs there and landed with Hilton Grand Vacations. And now I do social for them. 
Awesome. How exciting. And, you know, before we get into this transition that you made really quick, I will say that going from self-employment to corporate, there's so much to take away from self-employment into the corporate world. And there's more and more business owners that I've talked to who have said that they look for that on people's resumes now, because being self-employed, you have to deal with so many things, wear so many hats, do your finances, organize your schedule, you know, all these things. But with that being said, Becca, you know, most of the time we hear people transitioning from corporate to self-employment and not the other way around. It does happen, but it's not as common. So did you ever see yourself making that move? And what was kind of that process that led to that decision for you? So absolutely not. I never saw myself making that move. I think after college and and just from what I learned and where I felt, you know, most at peace with myself was working for myself and, and finding clients and doing the whole freelance gig for as long as I wanted to. And I really thought, I mean, if you asked me two years ago, do you see yourself going corporate ever? I would be like, heck no, <laughs> no way. And I think a lot of my peers felt the same. A lot of people that I was working with and networking with kind of had the same mindset of working for yourself. And I felt so inspired, you know, by the grind and, and by finding all these different avenues of income. And I really did have fun doing it. But I think truly COVID had a big impact in my career shift um, after doing freelance for, I want to say, three plus years. I felt, you know, I felt this need to do something a little bit more for myself. And I also think this is really strange, but I had turned 26 last year. I didn't have any health insurance, which is like a big mayday crisis mode. And I figured, okay, I need to get everything together. And I think that reevaluating where I'm at mentally, career-wise is a good direction to go into. And so I kind of started playing around in the corporate world, trying to see what was out there because I think we can see the nature of corporate right now is a lot of people are hiring. So it was actually a really good job, a good time to jump into that corporate pool. Um, and I actually just checked my notes app the other day and I applied to 36 different jobs in the corporate world. And I think I only heard back, I kid you not, probably from five and only ended up interviewing with two. So at the end of it, it was like, all right, who's offering the best? I really didn't know. I didn't have a lot of people to lean on except for like my dad who works corporate, but you know, with benefits and with, you know, just the structure of corporate, I really had to sit with myself and think, okay, is this what I want? Is this, you know, something that's going to be good for me? And at the end of the day, it ended up being a yes, because I wanted to try something new and I always want to see what's new and big and out there. So I took it and that's kind of how I ended up there, but I've just hit my nine months and it's been great. And I'm really happy with where I'm at. Congratulations. That's so exciting. And I give you kudos for making that decision because as you said, I think there's so many people who work for themselves now who say, Oh, I'll never go back to corporate. That's not me. That's never going <laughs> to yes. happen. And so I think it's important to understand that our journeys can change so much with the blink of an eye. And we have to stay agile with those decisions and the possibility of, you know, down the road, that might be an option. I personally currently don't picture myself going back to corporate per se, but I'm also excited about the potential opportunity of that maybe happening down the road. And that's okay. I think it's good to have those horizons open. So, um, kudos to you for that, because again, so much to be learned on both sides of the world. So definitely. Yeah. That's awesome. So one quick question I have for you too: interviewing, we have a lot of listeners who are interviewing currently looking for new jobs in the post COVID post per se COVID world. <laughs> yes. Do you have, do you have any tips for interviewing or anything that you've seen that's changed in, in, in the interviewing process? Ooh, 
That's a great question. So funny enough, I think in my entire like career, I have never done, and maybe except for one in-person interview, everything has been online, which is, you know, that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> so I think there's been a, a culture shift in interviewing and especially going into corporate. I really didn't know what that looked like. I was really intimidated and really nervous about it because I just didn't know what to expect. I felt like all my interviews in the past have been so casual, just conversations and networking really helped me out. But when it came to talking to somebody that I've never met before in an industry I had no idea about. It was really intimidating, but I think the best piece of advice I have is to just relax in and take it easy. I think we put so much faith into different things and you just never know how things are going to work out. But I think once you kind of let your worries go and just think about, you know, how confident you're on the job, you know, you are, if you're applying for it, I feel like there's a level of confidence that you have. I really believe that I was the girl for certain jobs that I didn't get, but I think going into that and thinking, okay, I got this really puts you in a good headspace. And that helped me out for sure, because trust me, I think I faked it till I made it <laughs> multiple times, but it all works out in the end. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to do that a little bit and that is okay. But yeah, the confidence aspect is, is so huge. So that was a great piece of advice. Thank you for that. So I want to talk about social media specifically a little bit. You're in the hospitality industry, which in my opinion, coming from the restaurant world, originally in my career, it's such a unique space for social media. We kind of have to adopt a lot of different skill sets. Um, um, so how do you feel like your role in social within that industry varies from roles that you've had in working with other industries, whether it's service-based products, et cetera, what skills have remained important for your role today? Of course. Yeah. So before I think in the past, a lot of the clients and companies I worked with were very product-based. And I think for me, at least it made my job as a social media manager, very, you know, a lot easier because it's like, here's the product. Here's why the product is so great. It's very transparent, very black and white. In most cases with hospitality, you are selling a product at the end of the day, but I think you're mostly selling a feeling. And in our case, it's like selling a feeling of being on vacation and relaxing and being with your family and spending time, you know, away from the workplace. And so it's a little bit different when you're pitching and you're branding yourself because there isn't really a tangible thing <laughs> to show you. It's so much about, you know, the vacation experience. And so it definitely has transformed my thinking and my approach to social. But at the end of the day, you know, I, connecting with my audience is so important. And I think that's kind of what's helped me thrive in this industry is because you learn to adapt and like you said put on those different hats and kind of mold in these different industries but it's the best I really do enjoy it so on that note customer service I'm sure is very important to yes. what you do I mean even I think about my experience as a consumer in the hospitality industry you know I have a flight that's canceled or something. And I typically will go to social media. Twitter has been a big outlet, but just in general, social media seems to be my go-to resource for the hospitality industry. So how important do you feel like in your role within social media, how does customer service play a part in that role? So surprisingly, I think going into this career path, I didn't know <laughs> that customer service would play such a big part, especially now working at Hilton Grand Vacations. It's a big part of my job because I think in the social media space, 
we're talking outwards, but you never, or you don't really hear a lot of feedback from people. You'll get a comment here and there, a message here and there that's praise. But on the customer service side, especially with hospitality, you hear everything and anything. So we are, you know, like you said, reaching out to social media. I'm the same way as a consumer. If I have a flight canceled, if I have an issue with really anything, social media is my main point of contact because it's quick, it's easy, it's fast. So when you're put on the other side, like I am the face behind the brand on some days answering those messages. And I think there's a really negative connotation with that. People are, you know, complaining or they're really in their most vulnerable state. But I find a lot of positivity and joy in doing that because I get to help people at the end of the day. I think when people are struggling and they really need that resource, there's something empowering about being able to be that beacon of hope for them and help them. And, you know, it could be anything from my reservation got canceled or I just have a question about this or that. I love having those conversations because at the end of the day, it's about building that good customer experience and seeing the success and the happiness for them in the end. And I really do love guiding them through that, even though some people may not love to do customer service. I think I've grown to enjoy it. So on that note too, let's just say you receive a negative complaint or something that a customer is dealing with. Do you have any tips for approaching those kind of situations and responding in the right way? Oh, yes. <laughs> I think first and foremost, it's putting yourself in their shoes. I think it's so easy to just disregard people as being extra or just complaining or just, you know, you can't really see eye to eye, but really think about what they're saying and think about why they're coming to you. I think, you know, just as a consumer as well, it's like, we can be so frustrated. We just say things we don't mean, but again, you have to think about the people that you're communicating with are just like you. They're human. They're customers of your product. And you obviously want to see it through, right? Like you don't want to just disregard them. So I think leveling with them and seeing eye to eye really opens up your mind and allows you to approach it a lot better. And then in our industry too, as a whole for social media, we don't really talk about the role of customer service and how that plays a part in what we do. And this is actually a great reminder that we need to talk about this more on the show and just how to handle those types of situations and how to implement it into any brand really. Uh, but how important is it, do you think, to refine those skills as a social media manager? I think it's very important. I think it goes back to knowing your audience and knowing who you're talking to. At the end of the day, we're all people, we're all human, we're humans talking to humans, even if there is a brand name in front of us. And I think that really helps build that personal connection because I think a lot of people can see you just as the brand or just as this big name. But when you really, you know, sort through it and pick it out, you're just people, you know, selling people or encouraging people, inspiring people at the end of the day. So I think, yes, I do think customer service is a big, big topic in our industry that isn't talked about because a lot of the times we are just talking about the output and not so much the input. And I think the input is just as important and it's something we really need to build upon and reflect on as well. Awesome. Yes. So good. 100% agree. And earlier you and I talked about the importance of putting social back into social media. Can you explain to us what you mean by that? Yes, of course. I love talking about this. This is something that I said in every job interview because I truly believe it. Um, so the idea of putting social back into social media, what does that really look like? So I think, you know, my personal life, and I think you could agree, like I, I enjoy social media as a personal tool. You know, I'm on Instagram, I still am on Facebook, I'm on Twitter, I'm on all these different avenues where I see a lot of different conversations happening. And I think as someone who has those platforms, it's so easy to just share, 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 share all the time. And I think that's the point, but I think what's missing is the social aspect. You know, you 
just at the personal level, you have your friends commenting, you have your family commenting, and you're missing that connection sometimes. Like, it's so easy to just disregard those comments or to ignore those messages because you'll see them eventually or it's not that important. But I think it is important. And, you know, on the brand side, right, you get all this feedback from brands or, you you know, I comment on brands all the time. Like, this is really cool. I'm so excited about the, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then nothing comes out of it. And so what's the point, right? It's like, what's the point of social media if the social aspect is not a part of it? And I think, you know, again, working corporate, I've seen that a lot of it is execution and, and building upon these amazing, you know, assets and outputs. But what is the feedback? Are we listening to the feedback? Are we building on those conversations? Are we having those conversations or are we just ignoring them? I think there's so much value on any spectrum, personal or brand, that could be found there. There's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of missed opportunity and uh, missing connection that I think we could definitely be taking advantage of and learning from. And with especially bigger brands, automations, social media scheduling platforms, things like that are so helpful. And there's also obviously platforms out there that allow you to manage uh, incoming messages and comments and things like that. But for you, how do you bridge the gap between utilizing those automations to work in your favor as a team, but also remaining intentional with your presence on the platform and creating those personal touch points with uh, your audience as well? Yes, of course. So I definitely think automations can be very great, especially when you have a big influx of messages, which we do have sometimes. It's very simple to just a copy and paste message here and there, which I think is necessary for, you know, larger companies, larger teams. But I think building that, you know, personal connection comes from really just breaking down what they're looking for. I think, you know, for example, if a family's coming to me and they're like, we would love to vacation in Hawaii, I could easily just be like, here's a link, have a nice day, goodbye. <laughs> but I think when you're like, okay, how old are your children? Have you been to Hawaii before? Again, it's about building that experience and almost like I said, putting yourself in their shoes because trust me, like I'd love to go to Hawaii too. So I love having those conversations and finding out what exactly it is that they need and going a little bit extra. And I think that when you have that time to go the extra mile for certain people and certain customers, you build that trust and then, you know, it just creates a whole new relationship, which is definitely a beautiful thing. <laughs> Absolutely. And you mentioned trust, which is such a huge component and a talking point about social media and our industry right now. Do you have any tips for creating authentic, trustworthy interactions and just an overall presence on social media, especially as a large brand? How do you break down those barriers and those walls? Yes, of course. It sounds so silly to say, but I think the number one thing is to respond. I think I've seen, you know, just as a consumer, sometimes brands just don't respond and that's okay. Everybody has different strategies, different methods to how they approach their customers. But for myself, when I respond to a guest, I can already see just in the way that they talk that they're so excited that somebody's listening. Even if it's just that I would love to go here or my family loves using this place. It's just seeing that they light up like, oh my gosh, we love you guys so much. And we're like, we are so glad that you get to spend time with us and we can't wait to see you again. That I think is so quick, but so special. And then, you know, on the consumer side, when I comment on a brand and I'm like, I'm so excited about this event and they say, we can't wait to see you there. I'm like, feel special you know it kind of creates this like really quick moment of satisfaction but for me it builds the trust because I know that somebody can see me and somebody's listening to what I have to say and that you know is a big reward in the end I completely agree I get so ecstatic when I'll tag a brand in my story and they're they'll respond especially for these massive brands and a brand yes. that I love so much and especially the thing that 
is so fun to me too, is when they put in this personal spin to it, it's like a very, um, it's so cool when they maybe call out something they saw on my social, or they called out something they saw in the story. So making those experiences through social media, a lot more personal, but also throwing the brand's personality into it. Um, I think just makes that brand stand out and it's so fun to get those messages, even still after so many years, I'm like, I'm so excited about it. So yeah. I feel the so same. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Becca from freelancing to working uh, for a major brand full time, what timeless tips can you share for brand building in general, no matter the size of the company that you're working with? Of course. Okay. So my number one, I said this earlier is know your audience. I think you hear this phrase thrown around so many times, but what does that really mean? Right. I feel like when you have no audience, who are you talking to? And I think that goes back to knowing who you are as a brand or as a person, whatever, you know, your company or your personal brand is, you have to know yourself before you know who your audience is. So now working for a bigger brand, I think knowing my audience has shifted because it was so easy to tell before who I'm talking to, right? It's like a fan of, of this particular clothing or a fan of this food. It, it's, you know who those people are. But when you're talking to pretty much everybody around the world and you're saying, hey, look at me, you have to segment who those people are and find those people who are willing to listen. So I think that's definitely important. Knowing yourself is a journey that I think never ends. <laughs> and I think that comes down to knowing you, who you are as a person, as a professional, but also knowing your business. Um, that takes a lot of soul searching and a lot of time. But I think connecting with, you know, if your team, if you're blessed to have a team is so important as well. Seeing, you know, where your strengths and your weaknesses are, that is something that I have had to really look in the face and understand about myself but once you realize you know the things that you can do strong and the things that you may need to rely on others for I think that's where success truly thrives and the last thing this is going to sound really cheesy but I think <laughs> being organized is truly like I'm so happy that I am a little type a because I don't think I'd be able to function without you know my calendar and my to-do list and all that stuff but having it together is definitely a challenge and you don't have to have it together all the time. But I think you're truly putting your whole heart and your best into everything that you do really will set you up for success. So good. I completely agree with all of those specifically touching to the organizational standpoint. I 100% agree. I think being in social, we get stuff thrown at us <laughs> constantly. There's the new time. trends <laughs> that pop up. And so if we were not organized, it would, yeah, I don't even want to know. So, um, but specifically, I want to ask one question too, about knowing your audience. That was another great point you just shared for brands who are maybe brand new, or they've launched their social media campaigns and they don't feel like they have quite the tap on who their audience is quite yet. Do you have any just simple tips for getting to know your audience and being able to speak directly to them? Yes, I think there's a lot of vulnerability that comes with that for sure. I think when you're starting out as a new brand, and I think back to when I was just starting as a freelancer and I didn't know anybody, it's like, how do I make people look at me? You know, how do I compete with all these other people? But I think the first tip that I have is comparison truly is the thief of joy, but I think it's okay to do research on who your competition is. I think there's like a weird taboo, you know, sense there, but I think it's okay to do your research on, you know, I like this brand, why do I like this brand, who likes this brand, or, you know, put yourself in the shoes of who your dream consumer is, right? It's like, who's the kind of person that would buy into my product or who's the kind of person who I want to follow me and look at those, you know, that, that section of people. 
I think also reaching out to your peers who are not in the space is a really good idea as well. It really helps you get a better view of you know, the outside third party uh, look at what you're doing. And while it can be a little tough to get, you know, a criticism and feedback, I think it really builds, you know, your brand and your character as well and allows you to, you know, make the changes that you need to make and move forward in whatever direction you're trying to go. Um, but yeah, that's what I would say. I love it. Yeah. You mentioning serving your peers, serving, I feel like is something that isn't really talked about a whole lot back in the day. It was a big, big tactic that brands use to get to know, you know, the product feedback and things like that. Um, there would be case studies and, and different things done, but serving people still is so relevant and so important. So I love how you mentioned just talking to your friends, your family, your coworkers, people who may not necessarily work in your department or in your space or in your business specifically and asking them what they would want out of an experience or out of content, I think is such an easy thing to do. Um, something that doesn't take very long, but we can get so much information out of that. Yes. I totally agree with that. Yeah. So Becca, I am so sad. We are coming to a close with this interview, but one question we love to ask on this podcast to all of our guests is, is there anything, you know, now that you wish you knew early on in your career? Yes. That's a loaded question. I had to think <laughs> about this, but I think the one thing I wish I had known when I was fresh out of college and when I was ready to step into the world of whatever my professional life was going to look like is that it's okay to say no. And I think that this is a really big piece of advice because I think at the beginning, my advice to myself was it's okay to say yes. <laughs> and now like five years into it, I'm like, it's okay to say no to the things that don't fulfill you anymore. It's okay to say no to the things that you just don't have time for. Or, you know, I'm someone who loves to have a full plate, but the second it becomes a little bit too much, I panic a little bit. And obviously that doesn't help me, right? That doesn't serve me, you know, at the end of the day. So I think what I've learned and I've been so lucky to experience is that I have had multiple opportunities. I've had, had the chance to go corporate and to completely change my career path. But it's okay to say no. It's okay to leave opportunities that, you know, just don't feel right anymore. And it's okay to give yourself your best chance and to try something new. I think it's so scary. And even now when I think about, you know, in the future, if I end up changing jobs, I can't even imagine doing that. But I think it's okay to say no, you know, let those feelings like, you know, feel them out. But it's okay. You can walk away and you can try something new and start again. And it's never too late to start. I love that piece of advice. I've been given that piece of advice so many times and I'm only 26, but sometimes it feels like your world is ending and you're like, you have time. That's the two things. It's okay to say no. And you have time to start anew. And that makes me feel good. <laughs> so that's the, the wisdom I pass on to everybody. It's okay to Amazing. Amazing. And I have so many questions I could ask you. I am going to throw one more in here because I just yeah, have to get this out there. But <laughs> you mentioned earlier how a lot of your learning was kind of experience-based. So you got jobs that you just kind of learned as you went. I think yeah. that is so true for a lot of people in social media, especially because the industry is evolving so constantly, but mm -hmm. do you have any tips for a gaining experience and staying on top of things happening in the world of marketing and social media? Yes, of course. I think the first thing is if you are someone who works in social and you don't have social media yourself, I always question. I'm just like, why? I know some people have different opinions on social or some people only like to use it for work, but I think 
diving into that off your company profiles and getting in there as a human, as a person that's yourself is so interesting and eye-opening because I'm sure you can see like from your business standpoint and your personal standpoint, those interests are completely different, right? But you get to see what everybody else is seeing when you're posting online. So that's the first thing I would say for sure. The second thing I would say, especially in a position where you're kind of just thrown into and you're you're not really sure what to do, is it's do some research. Do some research online. It sounds so silly to say, but I cannot tell you how many times I've taken like a free course or I've tried Skillshare or I tried YouTube video courses. I think they're kind of frowned upon because people think it's like the easy way out or it's not professional or it's almost like not real knowledge. But knowledge is knowledge at the end of the day. I think that I've learned so much through those avenues and some of the best, you know, pieces of advice, the best tools that I've learned from those, I still use today in my professional corporate big girl job, right? I think we carry those with us and we never lose those. And I think knowledge is only power at the end of the day. So I think reaching out in that sense is really good. And I think the last thing kind of, like I just said, reaching out for help is it's okay to reach out for help. I think you don't have to do it alone. In my case, back in the day, I was a one woman show. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are probably a one woman, one man show, but you can ask for help and it, it doesn't look bad. <laughs> like I don't think it looks bad to ask for help. And I think you can only grow from that. It helps you at the end of the day. It helps others understand what you're going through and it only makes you, your business much better. Amen. So, so, so good. Thank <laughs> you so much, Becca. Um, again, really bummed to be wrapping this up with you. We'll have to have you back to share some updates in your career in the future, but Becca, where can everyone stay in touch with you online? Um, everyone, you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is at Becca, B-E-C-C-A period Hidalgo, H-I-D-A-L-G-O. And I've become a LinkedIn girl lately. So you can definitely connect with me there. I love talking about all things career and social, especially. I think these conversations are really important and they're really fun, especially for people who don't really have direction or are interested in jumping into this world. I say, come on over, welcome. So open to connecting with you on LinkedIn and yeah, look forward to chatting some more. Amazing. Yes. We love Instagram, but we love LinkedIn. <laughs> Erica and I are <laughs> such huge fans. So yes, go follow Becca reach out to her, engage with her on there. Becca, thank you so much for sharing everything with us today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Cassie. I appreciate it. I had so much fun. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to rate and leave a review. And as always, follow us on social media at Marketing Happy Hour. That's at Marketing Happy HR. Thank you.